RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, a duet actual play podcast using the Savage World system in our custom science fantasy setting. Thank you for listening, and welcome back to Caldonix. Previously on Neon Heat, Athena Sedaris returns to Caldonix after her seven-year absence to unravel the mysteries of Joel Shin's death. She meets old friends and new, and manages to knock over the first domino that was Harlan Troya, setting a cascade of Prisme free in the city, resulting in a power-hungry Zeev kidnapping thousands in a cultural scar that won't soon heal. Athena gains the trust of Halarishi, and he brings her to prison, an outpost of those spectrum-tinged folks. And Athena goes to work to find ways to get them back into society safely and quietly. These efforts lead her to the Alloy, the Arrow Embassy, to plead her case for the Sweepers to stop their slaughter of Prisme. The Alloy is persuaded, but Head Sweeper Veal is not, and he splinters off into the night. Despite the day's victories, Athena makes a foolish decision, and one that Zadal pays the price for. Three months have passed, and the frequency is on the move. And Athena with shorter hair, stark black, no slash scars across her nose, is sitting with her feet up at this long party length table on one of the balconies at Escar Glow. And we can see that the vines don't creep quite as far over the balcony as maybe when she returned to the city. But they're trying. They'll get there. She has a plate of barisks in front of her that is surprisingly untouched. And she's just dejectedly watching people go into the Mobius strip across the street. The camera angle shifts. And from the balcony, we see the street below. The passers-by coming and going. A constant trickle of life and business in the district. And through the crowd, one figure comes to a halt. Stands to the side, right in front of Escarglow. 
and looks up. From a worm's eye view angle, we can see just the barest tip of Athena's fluffy black hair poking out over the roof. The figure's a tall, umber-skinned man. Some years worn on his face now, but his eyes as kind as ever behind his square spectacles, green markings across his face, a glimmering yellow badge of office currently tucked at his waistline. With several decisive steps, he moves off of the street proper, gives a small hop into the air, and with a blast of emerald fire that is concentrated into very fine points from both hands, soars up and over the railing, landing deftly and impressively on the rooftop itself. He straightens up and smiles at Athena. Athena starts just a little bit. Joel, if you keep doing that, mom's going to just throw you out. (laughs) She walks over to the railing to make sure his fire jets didn't burn any of the ivy. Her mom's been desperately trying to grow. I thought it might be easier if I took the scenic route. More likely she would throw me out if I walked in the front door. No, she is down there right now. I was very careful not to scorch her greenery. This time. A lesson hard one. I thought I might find you here. Am I that predictable? He opens his mouth to respond and then closes it and then smiles looking out over the street. At times, but it's something I value about you. Why? That's sort of the crux of it all, isn't it? Instead, why don't we talk about why you're here? It's all connected, you see. <laughs> Didn't want to go home and talk to Pavi about work. And, like, you, you know I already submitted my file. <laughs> Today was a disaster. I've only been on for like, what, a month? A month? I I assume usually people fuck up way later out in a career. Yes, today was, um... Today could have gone better. That's true. She visibly deflates and sulkily heads back to her plate of forests. No, everyone, everyone makes mistakes, Athena. It's part of learning. It's part of growing. It's part of getting better at your job. Finding your limits. It's experience. Not all experiences are good. Not all of them make you feel good about yourself, but... You're predictable to me because I knew that you would take this personally. I knew that you would treat it seriously, as you should. What is not... Why wouldn't I? This is very... A lady got super hurt today, and I couldn't help at all. I actively made it worse at every turn. Maybe. That remains to be seen. There will be investigators who will go over the finer points. But what I am focused on is your intent, your goal. We don't have a very easy job, Athena. We do our best to treat every situation with the respect and the care that it deserves. But the simple truth of the matter is that no one can control the outcomes of the situations perfectly. And that is a lesson that's best learned early rather than late. Sometimes there will be collateral damage or outcomes you didn't expect. Things will spiral out of your control and you'll have to react. But you choose to react in the best interest of those around you. You are concerned with the safety and the well-being of our citizens. 
And that's the most important decision that you can make. So, I'm not happy that things went the way they did. I'd be worried if you were. But I'm glad that they weren't worse than they already are. That no one was killed. There are only so many platitudes and lectures and essays, photographs and videos and things that you can see and hear and absorb. Messages from those who come before you. Only so much sinks in. Because eventually, you need to see it yourself. You need to feel it yourself. And you're strong. You'll get up. You'll keep going. You'll pull together and move on. Push forward. And he walks over to the railing, leans down on it, looking on the street, giving Athena the time to herself as they simply exist for a moment. I mean, obviously, I'm going to keep trying, and I'm, I'm fe- I am feeling, Joel, I'm feeling a lot right now. How can I feel this much every time? What do I do? Maybe I shouldn't do this. I don't know. Because, like, it's one thing to be at Academy and running through simulations. Like, I don't, I was just so focused on getting to the finish line. I didn't, it didn't occur to me there would be more after the finish line. And it's just going to be like, is every day just a finish line? Is every, is every hour? He smiles, still not looking at her as they converse. If you're asking if there's ever a point when you won't need to feel or think or grow, and you'll just know everything, and your job is predictable and easy, and you'll just know everything, then the answer is no. That will never happen, Athena. Not in any aspect of your life. Everything is changing. Everything is mutable. You never know exactly what's around the corner. Sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes that's very scary. Every memory you have, every experience, every success, failure, is another block in who you are. It shapes us, molds us into who we will become because we base all of our decisions on those experiences. Just as you will never stop changing, most people will become more of who they already are. Sometimes in very extreme ways. Sometimes you will experience a great change. And everything you know, everything about who you are, will get turned upside down. So, maybe you won't end up being right for this. Only you can decide that for yourself. But I am urging you, don't make such a decision hastily. There's a lot of good you can do. You're a strong woman, Athena, with a good heart. The fact that you are bothered by this outcome proves that you have sense, that you know empathy. Sometimes you make a choice and someone else suffers for it. Maybe it isn't your intention. Maybe you know what might happen, and you do it anyway, because you believe it is right. There are some choices that will haunt you. You won't always succeed. 
some decisions will lead to failure and pain or death. But one of the reasons I see so much potential in you is because you are so distraught by situations like this. You care about the citizens on the other end, but you are still decisive enough to act when necessary. Indecision is the surest killer in the heat of the moment. Joel is wringing his hands as he speaks and pushes back from the railing to turn and face his protege. His emerald green eyes dancing like flames, searing into her. What are you willing to risk for the good of all, Athena? What price are you willing to pay? You used to tell me that we had an obligation to serve those who would fear us, who may not understand that if they knew what we truly are, they would hunt us, kill us, stamp us out in fear. You left me with a mission a sworn order, an oath, which I proudly undertook without reservation, to protect our people from ourselves, from them, until the new day you would bring. Sacrifices have been made. No conflict can be won without loss and pain. They come from above, from below, from within. They are my colleagues, my friends. My blade is whetted, slick with innocent blood, buried in the misfortune of happenstance. It is a rising tide that laps our chins, that seeks to drown us, to drown me. I am a soldier fighting an unwinnable war, holding out for that moment, that hope and change that you promised me would come. I wish one day that I will understand why, so that they might understand why. And perhaps they would forgive me, and then I could forgive myself. I fear I may not be able to hold out for much longer. I will do as you ask, as I always have. I have faith. I must. Hurry, my lady. Please.
Hector. Need to find Hector. The voice lashes out, scraping against the minds of the pedestrians. The outdoor cafes, with their meals spread before them in the candlelight, holding shopping bags, riding their bikes. They all wince, clutching their heads and crying out in pain as he passes. A large man runs pell-mell through the streets. He hops over fences, knocks over trash cans, and cuts down an alleyway. He stumbles into a laundry line while looking over his shoulder, and a small cloud of Siku moths drift away into the darkness. Still, the shadow follows him. It's fast, and he can't outrun it. It rips around the corner several dozen feet behind and watches as he squirms and pants. The purple eyes bore into his soul. From within the folds of its cloak, the hilt of a blade appears. A hum of energy prickles through the air, and the quarry lamps at both ends of the alley flicker, dim, and die. There's a crackle like tinkling glass rubbing against stone, and then the figure is holding an opaque sword and a salute, the crystalline edge illuminated in the dark by the eyes. A muffled rainbow of color pulses dimly from the folds of the cloak and is quickly shrouded once more. A voice echoes through the alley. I am trying to help you. Be still, beast. There is a revving of a quarry cycle from down the street, echoing insistently off of the alley walls. There's a high-pitched whir as it pulls up into the air proper, and we see a figure drop to the street, their feet landing solidly in the cloud of dust and pollen and mushroom bits that the cycle had kicked up itself. And she stands up, rolling her shoulders like she's getting limber for inevitabilities. And we see Athena. Her hair is a steely mid-gray, her eyes still that hawkish, piercing yellow. And she takes one step closer, with her arms spread wide. Her silhouette with the lights of the street behind her is mostly dark between her hair and her black leather jacket, dark pants and boots, and her matte gray metal arm. It'd be hard to know she was smiling if you couldn't hear it in her voice. I'm a little hurt you didn't invite me to this party. I hope it's okay I came. And there is the complication. Are you sure you're ready for this? You can see the blade drift in the darkness and the purple light dances along the brickwork as he takes a step or two closer. Athena's eyes track the blade, grits her teeth a little bit. It starts weaving back and forth and says... Oh, Veal, you gotta find folks who want to dance with you. It's so awkward otherwise. Just so. I would like to play my adventure card. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off. Here we go. Here we go. What do you got? Villainous verbosity. Okay. Play this to make an opposing wild card lose his next action by gloating or talking about his master plan. That's a good one. And always fun for me. Always. Well, you love monologuing. I do love monologuing. I already did it once today. (laughs) Double monologue. She keeps monologuing. I don't know. My schedule's pretty full today. Are you sure you don't just want to crawl back in whatever hole you came out of? I could say this insane of you. There was always the now, the now, and the now, and the now. 
One moment after the next, we strive against the never. If the never comes, then we have all failed. He takes another step. Athena continues to roll her shoulder. There are very distinct mechanical whirring noises from within her metal arm. Almost sounds like something spooling up. Athena, from behind you, this entire time you've heard frightened whimpers and the rustle of cloth as the man shoves the laundry off of him and starts to crab walk backwards and away from you. Can I see this person? Are they familiar? It's dark here. Do you have any kind of light source? Just her dazzling eyes. Okay, yeah, it's, uh, make me a notice. Yeah, I'd love to. Five. Uh, it is dark, I said. Pitch black is negative six. I, I want to say you're close here and it's very dark, so it's at a negative four right now. How bright does a veal sword glow? At his end, it helps. On your end, it does not. Damn. Bone. And that's counting towards it not being pitch black. You can see a shape. This is definitely the man that you've been following. He's very large in stature. You can see that he has a beard. He's got quite a muscular form. Like, he's very large. And you can hear him breathing very fast. And you felt the heat of your circlet over the last minute or two as you closed in. And he's looking at you with much the same expression as he's looking to your opponent. Continuing to move away. We see Athena's forearm has a bit more to it than it used to. It has a device worked into the top of it that begins to fold out into a sundial of a shield. And it locks into place with a pneumatic hiss, a little pink-purple steam outgassing as it does. She puts out a steadying hand towards the guy while keeping her eyes on Veal and says, Hey, buddy, uh, you're good to go. I got this. I'd love it if you stop by my office later. Let's see here. That is a critical fail. Cool. So I've crit failed twice counting the flood. That's actually here. So that's the first fail. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not me. It's not you. But it does negatively impact. It is the person you're trying to help. Yeah. Uh, that was a fear check. So fuck. Um, you see his eyes crumple in the darkness. He makes a noise like, <laughs> and scrambles skittering and tripping on some gravel in the alley several times before getting on his feet and just sprinting out the other end, knocking over another trash can on the way and disappears around the corner. Athena shouts into the comm laced into her jacket collar. Javi, we got a runner! I'm on it. I think we might have more company, but I'll let you know. You see how scared it is. It is running. It is already affecting people around it. It is an animal. Afraid, unleashed, loose, in the streets. They're a psionic. Anybody can do that. But not everyone will. You don't control that. I don't control that. But it must be controlled. God, aren't you tired of this? I don't think your justification is worth their blood. What does Athena intend this as? Is this a taunt? It's a taunt. She's just trying to distract him so this guy can get away. Okay. Okay, I do have a D4 taunt. Yeah. Go for it. Contested by smarts. Well, it's a two, so maybe that didn't go so well. I, I Benny at once. I'll spend my two go. That's a three. Nope. You got a two and a two, but unfortunately, you do need a four to succeed. Ugh. However, given the context of your statement, I would give that a small bonus. So. He takes another step forward. No, I will not allow this city to drown. Not now. I will not give up. 
Athena takes a defensive stance and her hands flicking towards her belt a little bit. And she says, what are you going to do? Stab me. <laughs> so as far as like mechanically, the villainous verbosity makes him lose his next action. Yeah. So we're reaching the territory where that's We should probably just, be fighting. <laughs> it's just stalling now. Yeah. Like, I think I think this has been expended by you buying that guy time to I run. I think so. Yeah, that's fine by me. Athena, you get an <gasps> ace of clubs. Nice. Uh, I'm going to say it for now. I guess we'll just treat this like a normal combat because okay. you're not like in motion. Yeah, she's not running Okay, right now. She's just trying to buy time. Your opponent, Veal, gets a <laughs> two of diamonds and your person who is currently fleeing gets a joker. Uh, are they my friend? Uh, I mean, they're jam controlled. So Damn. You're, you are very clearly not their friend at this point. Me. All right. You hear footsteps slapping the pavement as they vacate the alley and disappear around the corner. Athena, it is your turn. Sure it is, is very clear that Veal is bearing down on you. He's moving forward to intercept. He's got a large frame, a head in the faceplate that's polished to a dark purple sheen with the brighter purple eyes. The rest of his form is dark and shrouded in the poncho that he wears, the hood pulled up. Keeping him in the alley sounds like a good idea so that guy can get away. Hmm. Can she utilize her skills as a fun runner? <laughs> to do what? Parkour up the buildings onto like a fire escape a little bit. Lead him in a different direction. Maybe one that Pavi can more easily reach afterwards. Okay. You're trying to taunt him and lead him away from his prey. Yes. She's juicier. You got a success on the taunt. You played Villainous Verbosity, so I, I feel like you've invested enough resources in making this happen. You do have Free Runner, which gives you bonuses to foot chases and for jumping over and around obstacles to not like lose your distance. Go ahead and make me an athletics roll. Okay, her athletics is a D6 still. And I'll give you your plus two for this. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Seven. Seven is a success. So there's a fire escape here that you're able to somehow bound up and reach. This alleyway has an old, slightly disused office chair crammed next to a dumpster that has a little bit of that pneumatic spring left into it. So she kicks off of that and gets just enough lift so she can grab the bottom rung and just start hauling ass up this ladder. But, you know, her arm does have a shield attached to it now, so it's a little more unwieldy. Can I hold a defensive action? Are you just trying to actively defend yourself in case he comes up and tries to attack you? Yeah, like from behind. Okay, yeah. You, so you can take full defense, which gives like you plus four to your parry. And that's in any circumstance. But when you do that, you can't multi-action. It's like your entire turn is defending. Although you can still move and stuff. Okay. So that's what you want to do? Yeah, I'd like to full defend. Okay. She shouts down. Maybe you have a better chance of following me if you had some fucking shoes. Loop the six into a three. He is wild attacking, so he got a nine plus two is an 11. That's pretty good. What's your parry right now? And this is including your shield and your plus four parry from your full defense. With my shield, it's eight. Okay. So my plus four, it's 12. 12. Okay, so you have <laughs> one more parry than his defense right yeah. now. You're spry enough that he's running at you and you immediately jump for it. You spring off the dumpster and he has his sword ready like he's charging forward and getting ready to slash it down and you go up 
because you guys are far enough apart, he has <laughs> enough time to pivot and go to try to chase you. So he does a leaping slash where he tries to catch you while you're on the escape. If her shield wasn't actively out, he would have slashed down her back. But she had, maybe she even like fucking slipped a little bit. So like she was at a different angle, but her shield was like right in front of her, you know? His crystalline sword pulses with this faint yellow light as he swings it. It's so dark here that your eyes just have one of those blurry light trails where he swings it. And you hear the hum as it goes past you. And there's a small burst of excess energy that flows outward just a little bit as he swings it. And some of the metal of the ladder itself gets seared away. And it's just this burning orange husk of molten metal on the end that you just climbed up past. Athena looks down at that and just goes, She already lost one arm. (laughs) We see you looking down and Veal looking up at you in the darkness. And it's just those two dots of purple with this dull yellow sword looking straight up at you like a lion waiting for its prey to plummet to its death. Yep. And that's the turn. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I drew a joker on the first turn, so it's time to shuffle. Oh, shit, already. Athena, a five of hearts. Veal, a queen of diamonds, and your fleeing prey, three of clubs. Would you like to stay with that or would you like to redraw your card? Ah! Your bonus parry does last until like the start of your next turn. I'll keep it. Okay. It seems prudent. Let's do it. That is a five. What's the it we're doing, Pickle? You'll see. Okay. Your bravado shows your fear. And you should be afraid. Below you, you watch Veal shift the inside of his cloak, and you can see the faint glimmer of that rainbow light peeking out. And he makes several motions, and his sword burns brighter, and he thrusts it aloft into the sky. And you see the energy begin to spew forward in a wave, a line that shoots up above you onto the catwalk of the fire escape and coalesces into this vaguely humanoid figure that after a moment turns in your direction, makes an unintelligible noise at you. Oh, no. The same yellow of his sword, which now goes back to the opaque color. There's a soft yellow tendril running from the sword itself to the the figure. Well, then, this is fine. And he starts to climb after you. You are, like... A movement ahead of him, basically. So does that mean that I could activate first strike? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's moving into your range. Nice. First strike. I'm so excited well, to use this. Yeah. That, yeah. Let's, let's give you a chance to do that. That's fine. So that's just a regular fighting attack, right? Yep. Just a normal ass And fighting. it doesn't have any bonuses. It just allows me to take the first strike when somebody comes into my radius. Correct. If they're going into your radius to attack you, you get to make the first attack before they hit you. Cool. A D8 and fighting. he is no longer vulnerable because this is his next turn. Damn. Yeah. Sorry. Six blew up, though. Oh, my. Does a seven do it? A seven does not do it, unfortunately. Damn. Sorry. I tried. Athena's fingers have been inching back towards a hilt on her belt. It almost looks like a more solid rapier hilt with a gleaming orange crystal at the bottom of the hand grip as her fingers solidly wrap around it. The crystal glows. And from this rectangular slot in the cross guard, a beam of light blazes to life 
It is a glimmering orange short sword that extends out with a razor sharp sheen. And you could almost mistake it for a hard light sword if she didn't feel the thrum in the handle every time she ignites it. Slashes upward and I think maybe she just gets some of his poncho. We see Veal climbing effectively one-handed as he holds the sword with the other hand. He's hurling himself up the ladder, hand over hand. As he hurls himself into your range, the sword swoops down and he's able to just turn aside enough that it shears off a piece of the fabric of the poncho. And we see that flutter to the ground. He's hanging onto the ladder with one arm and one leg in order to avoid the blow. His eyes narrow, and from his perspective, we see it focus on the hilt of your weapon, and then on that crystal, and then we get a close-up on his hand holding his own blade, and the creak of alloy and metal, and then a very similar crystal on the bottom of his. Hmm, is it orange? Is it friendly? It's opaque. Mm. As she manages to slash through a little bit of his poncho, she says, Oh, I'm sorry, I hope that wasn't a gift from Dakira." As she runs away. In what direction? She's just trying to continue through this specter, hopefully painfully, on her way up. Okay, so you're going to move through its radius and past it? That means it gets a free attack against you. Oh, beans. I want to move up to it and I want to take a nice slash with my Cory sword. Mm -hmm. Keep on going up. I imagine it's like the kind of fire escape where there's a ladder and then a landing and then some stairs and stairs. Yeah, that's what I was imagining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's climbing up the ladder. You've made it to a landing. Mm -hmm. This creature is one or two landings above you, but you're able to just move your pace up now so you can easily pass it by at least one or two stories. Nice. I'll take a fighting attack. Wild attack can be vulnerable. Yep. She's always vulnerable. She's very vulnerable, lady. Physically, emotionally, mentally. Yeah. That's a, that's a four probably doesn't do it, huh? A four does not do it. Oh, Benny, that. Here we go. Blew up my six. And do a three. So that's an 11. That's a hit with a raise? Yes. Go ahead and roll your damage. My sword damage, my strength, plus a d6. So it's an eight. And a D6. Plus a two from my wild attack. And a D6 from your raise. And a two from my raise. Yep. What'd you get? A one, a one, and a three. All right, so that's a seven, it sounds like. Yeah, it could be better, huh? That'll make it shaken. But I kind of want to make it dead, is the thing. If you'd like to Benny it. Dare I spend my last Benny already? Dare you? It's entirely up to you. Listen, I'm a Benny bully. I'm an advocate of you doing so. So please, oh, there that sweet, sweet clatter of no bennies left. Yes, give me that. That's better. Okay, is that's it? That's better, yeah. It's like a one and a two there. <laughs> is this not seven? Oh, okay. So that's t- 10 plus, that's a 12. A 12, okay. A, a 12 is enough to vanquish this foe. Whew. So what does your attack look like as you're moving through? It's looming down on the next set of stairs that she has to get to the end of the landing and get on up. She takes a running start and grabs onto the support beam with her metal hand and just lets herself swing around almost like on a fire pole and slashes right through this thing with the momentum of her swing. And as Athena keeps running up the stairs, she puffs a little bit of orange vapor out of her mouth and coughs for a second before she chokes it back down and keeps on trucking. As you barrel around, you get a slightly better look at this thing. And it's just this amorphous humanoid form of yellow energy 
it sort of reminds you of the fog monsters when you fought Zeev. Hmm. And as you swipe the sword through, you hear and feel the hum of Cory from your sword, and it meets this, and there's sort of a clash of energies, and then it blasts right through, and the energy sort of flickers and blasts apart, and you watch it start to spring back and get sucked back into his sword, and you hear this... Does it look like when she's seen Spectrum mowed off into death at all? I would say it's at least similar to that, except that the moats are now being sucked back into the sword by that tendril that was connecting them. The soul-sucking sword that Anji told her about? Uh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Cool. Yep, that's the one. Cool. She can't break that fucking sword. <laughs> that's what she's gotta do. That'd probably be bad too, maybe. I don't know. But now the- Onward! So the- <laughs> So the yellow moats illuminate the alleyways. They drift down briefly. It's like a cloud of fireflies explodes. And you make your way up there. Okay, now it is the other person's turn. The other person that's Beal? That other person? No, the person that ran away. Oh, that person? Yep. I don't know whose name isn't Beal. You don't. (laughs) My name is Beal Vealerson. Nice to Beal you. Spelled V-E-A-L. Oh, okay. I'm just tender. (laughs) The sweetest aspirant you ever saw. Athena, a five of clubs. Bummer. Veal, a six of clubs. Ugh. Less bummer, but still good because it's ahead of you. And friend who ran away. I call them friend. They're my friend, not yours. Well. Queen of hearts. Let's okay. go again. Loop six. Okay. Let's make a roll, shall we? Veal has rolled a four on his smarts which allows him to remember that he's not here for you. He's here for somebody else. <sighs> so he, we were having such fun banter. Didn't he think so? He he did think so for, I mean, I don't think he thought it was fun, <laughs> but it kept his attention, kept Damn. him occupied for, you know, two turns there. So he's looking up as you've dispatched the entity that he summoned and he is still on the ladder and you're like several stories above him now. Yeah. <laughs> so he just drops back down to the ground and you hear the heavy thunk and he says, You irritate me to no end. He's going to turn and run down the alleyway. He got a 10 on his athletics. Athena, it is your turn. Well, I guess she's going after him, isn't she? I don't know. What is she doing? She's going to grab onto a nearby drain spout and athletics her way down the whole way. Okay, let's talk about what is there a drain spout for? Well, you mean, there's fog and stuff that gathers, makes stuff wet. Sometimes it drips from the ceiling. That's more believable to me. Yeah. That's everybody, what I was thinking. I just wanted to hear what you would say. I wanted to hear what your explanation was. Everybody needs a drainage. Drainage is very important yeah. in urban environments. Don't you remember that classic song that we listened to in elementary school? Everybody needs some drainage. I don't remember you that, remember actually. That? No. So you are athleticsing down? Yep. Okay. Go ahead and roll me in athletics. This my fun running count. I will permit it since this is basically turned into a chase round. Here we go. Let's reduce that fall damage, hopefully. Four. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> so yes, you're able to slide down the drain pipe. She's kind of shimmying down, but like clasping on with her metal hand really hard, very noticeably not manipulating it like she maybe would used to have wanted to at the drop of a hat. But you know, we are where we are today. And as Beale seems to be trucking it away, she just says, I thought we were having a nice time. 
Oh, could I? <laughs> How far away is he? At the edge of the alley. So he's like a full move away from you, basically. Your your movement got you back down to the ground safely. Okay. I would like to utilize uh, some of my new built-in arm mechanics to cast a bolt. Okay. Would you like to tell us about that? So Pavi's been doing some upgrades on Athena's arm because Athena's Cory connection has been, uh, let's say, a bit lacking lately. So to sort of mimic what she already does, Pavi put two receptors into the index and the middle finger so that as Athena moves throughout the day and her arm is put into different positions, all of the kinetic energy from just movement is stored as a raw font of power that she can just try to call on once or twice a day. It's definitely a panic button, but it's better to have it than to not. So it casts bolt? Yes. Okay. But I don't know how that casts if it's like something that Pavi made for her. It's a synthesis item, presumably. Okay, really like it's an artifact. So when you make an item with synthesis or the artificer edge, you choose what skill is needed to use it, like when you make it. So Mm -hmm. it sounds to me like this is a shooting roll because you're aiming and firing. Okay. Unless you feel otherwise and want to lobby for something else. But I don't have shooting. Yeah, usually it's athletics for throwing things, shooting for aiming and projectiles, or an arcane background of some sort for when you're, like, manipulating energy. But you would not use a different arcane background skill for a synthesis item. Yeah, for sure. So... I didn't know if it was something where it would activate because of Pavi's role, like Pavi's skill. Uh, you know, sometimes that is how it works. The creator uses his arcane skills as usual. Others use whatever skill is associated with the device's form. Guns use shooting, grenades use athletics throwing, and so on. If there's no other obvious skill, such as for a potion or worn item, the character rolls the inventor's arcane skill as if it were their own, but they don't benefit from their edges or anything like that. I still think this is a shooting because you're aiming and firing it like a projectile. Untrained shooting. Here we you go. You have any shooting? No, she's oh never God. shot a gun before, Pickle. Okay. We've been over this. Gotcha. From the, from the way it's been described, it sounds like it's shooting to me. Okay. Well, I'll, not, I'll, I'm not I'll trying to like, punish you. Untrained, untrained shooting like then. But, you know, the first step to getting good at something is being really bad on it. I got a six okay. minus two is four. Um, yes. I will, I will alleviate the vision penalties here because the motes of light were there and because you are now aiming at a target that is superimposed by light on the opposite end. Cool. Sort of. Okay. Roll your damage. Just a regular bolt. 2d6, right? Yep. That sounds right. Five. Five is not going to do it. Boomer. The camera watches her lining up a shot with her metal arm, which is not traditionally her casting arm. But she's aiming it in the same sort of finger gun style as she used to, because, you know, familiarity breeds, oh, that breeds contempt, never mind. (laughs) She lines up this shot and against her better instincts, closes one of her eyes just to try and visualize this better, but she doesn't do it well enough. And when she triggers the kinetic reaction to release, this pinkish purple lightning does not shoot straight forward and instead suctions to the walls around her and rushes up past him, forded on by all the pipes heading back towards the streets. She goes, hmm. We see the bolt bounce off of the walls and maybe arc briefly into veals. I mean, it's electric, so trapping-wise, oh. if that's the thing, then it gets bonus damage against Arrow hmm. because Arrow are weak to electricity. Well, it's five plus what then? Plus four, uh, <gasps> which means that is enough to shake Oh them. my gosh. Yeah. It comes out as like a very uninspiring bolt of energy that arcs off of the sides of the alley as it moves forward. 
You don't expect it to do as well as it does, but you see it lance into Veal's back into his cloak. And as the cloak flutters, you can see it start to course through his form. And you briefly see the skeletal structure of him as an arrow. And you see his back arch as he gets hit with it. And you just hear it. With a wide eyes, Athena pulls her metal hand back towards her and looks down at the outputs that are still fizzling. Just like, holy shit. All right, and uh, that's the turn. Athena. Yeah. Ten of diamonds. That's Baron last time. Veal, six of hearts. <sighs> Other person, nine of spades. Okay, so we are we are now in a chase, officially. In a proper chase. Proper chase. So this is going to be you. Okay. This is going to be Veal. One, two, three, four. And that's where they are. Wow, they're really far away. Yep. They got a good head. They did some good athletic rolls, let me tell you. Where's Pavi? That's a good question. Okay. First up is Athena with a 10 of diamonds. Okay. Uh, Athena is going to book it past Veal. Double speed, try to book it. Because then if he like comes at me from behind, then I get that first strike. If he moves into your range, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I want to try and move as good as I can. Okay, Double move. So you're using an action to run. Yes. Okay. All right. Is that the only action you're taking? Yes. Okay. Then it's going to be your athletics plus four total because you get plus two when you're running as your action and you get a bonus two from being fleet-footed. Cool. And for every success and raise, you'll move forward one. That's an eight. An eight. Okay, so success and raise. So you're able to move forward two spaces on the chase track. We now have Veal on card number one. You used to be, but I'm moving it forward. So mm-hmm. Veal's on card number one. Athena's card number two. Three and four are blank. And the person you're both pursuing is on number five. Sounds good. If he's still a bit jolted, she just shoulders by him just to try and knock him a little bit more off balance so he can't swipe at her while she's moving directly past him. Nice. From where you are right now, you're out onto the street. What street are you on? Probably towards the waterfront, I think. What's on the street? Like what types of shops and boutiques and stuff? Is this like a a shopping district? Is this Uh residential? I think it's more warehousey. Okay. Like by boat storage and maybe on the road to the ranch. It's a lot of aquaculture buildings. So maybe there's like fisheries, you know? Cool. Okay. Lots of nets like over pools. Yeah. So you guys definitely chased him from somewhere probably closer to the Shard, actually, to the northwest. So you guys are on this straightaway pretty close to the waterfront. I don't think it's like directly opposite you right now. You're still like a layer in, but the canals running through the streets are ever present. You have a canal on your left and more agricultural buildings and warehouses on your right as you move forward. There are not as many people here as there were like in the previous area you were just in. Mm -hmm. So you can see that there are probably five or six people on this stretch of road that you're running down doubled over in pain. Two or three of them are just on their knees. One person's flat on their back. They're all clutching their heads, just rolling around, making noises of pain and confusion. And you see one person just flat out sprinting in the opposite direction, just running without thought, just Mm, going. Okay. Here we go. So they stay where they are. Actually, they move forward because that was their turn. I wasn't even giving them bonuses before for only running. Last up is Veal. He is shaken. Mm -hmm. 
And that is a success, so he's not shaken any longer. I'm going to have him do a fighting test against you. A fighting test? Okay. He got a six. Since that's a test, it's contested by your agility. Okay. So your target number is a six right now. My agility is a d8. She's quite agile. That's a six. Okay, so he meets your number, which means he gets a basic success. Does my fun running give me anything? Um, I would say actually, yeah. In yes! This case, because, because it's agility-based and because you're literally running and that would be the most likely way that you would dodge, I think it's applicable. As much cool. as I would love to harm you in some way. <laughs> um, Your bennyless wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at... I have four bennies right I now. I, Veal has I two. I have two as a GM. And you boned. No. No. Okay. So first you hear Veal recovering behind you, still making some noises of discomfort. And then you hear the hum of the quarry again. And there's a heat displacement in the air to your side. And you see this flash of light blue and then a quarry street lamp that is directly ahead of you. The base of it is severed by this light and it starts to tip over in front of you. What? So how do you how do you navigate this environmental obstacle? And there's just like a <laughs> as it passes you in the air. She's flat out sprinting once she sees the guy. So she's on a straight trajectory and she just ducks down like she does a running like a baseball slide you know mm -hmm. and then just kind of tumbles for a second or two and then scrabbles with her hands to get back up you know like an animal nice like he expects her to very cool she keeps on moving nice okay he is going to roll his athletics to try to change position and he fails he does not move you see him start to nice. move but he's clearly still off balance from like the electrical shock which Athena knows empirically, electricity, bad for Arrow. Yeah, that's why she had Pavi, uh, you know, uh, manufacture these for makes, her. Makes sense. Because she's a little lacking in her own personal electricity these days. Athena, uh -huh. five of diamonds. Oh, it's Veal, four of hearts. Oh! And uh, unknown chase person. King of clubs. Fine, um, it's fine. <laughs> so got a club, which means there's a complication. So... It's an ace of spades. The ace of spades. The ace of spades. The ace of spades. Chase complications. Ace of spades. Treat as a critical failure on a maneuvering roll if he fails. Oh. So he has a D6 athletics. He is not a wild card. He got a three. Critical failure on maneuvering roll. That's fine. Like it probably make it easier for you to catch him. Roll a die. Even they lose the rest of their turn as they stumble, negotiate an obstacle, or take a wrong turn. Odd, they suffer fatigue. Would you like to roll even or odd? Yes. Just, you know, roll anything. Even. He loses uh, the rest of his turn as he stumbles, negotiates an obstacle, or takes a wrong turn. He just runs into somebody who's clutching their head, mm -hmm. like up ahead of him that stumbles into his path, and he just barrels into them knocks himself over onto the ground and then just starts scrambling back to his feet again. And you can hear this panic like, ah, 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 Hector! Hector! From up ahead. Poor little buddy. Poor little buddy. All right, and that's his turn because he can't do anything else. I need to make a few behind the scene rules here. Poppy fails. That's a success. Poppy crit fails. Oh, Poppy. That's, oh my God. They Do you see this? Six and an eight. Oh, see the six and the eight? That's nice. Not for you. Oh. Okay. Well, that's less fun. Athena, you're next up. You have a five of diamonds. And you are one square ahead of Veal. Okay. 
Can I utilize my Pantheon Connections Edge in the form of perhaps a sticky grenade? A grenade what makes the ground sticky in my wake? Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I thought it'd be neat. So you want to, like, make difficult terrain? Or you want to set, like, a trap where maybe the grenade will try to cast Entangle when he steps through it? Oh, that would be cool, yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, yeah, I think that's fine. Cool. Sounds neato. All right. I'll say that's your action. Like, you have to spend an action to do that, but... Yeah, I wanted to throw that, for sure. But also move... I mean, do you just want to, like, throw it at him to cast Entangle? Yeah. Okay. Then I'll say... This is going to be weird science, so use your athletics. Okay. Because you're throwing a grenade. That's a four. Well, a success with Entangle entangles them and makes them not capable of moving. Ha <laughs> ha. So he is bound in place. What does it look like when it goes back and hits feel? As Athena's writing herself from the slide under the lamppost... She whips around for a second, almost tosses it backwards, a little football-shaped dealy, like without a second thought, really, cracks into the pavement in front of his feet and turns into this viscous, acrid, yellowy smoke until it coagulates around him. It kind of looks like beeswax when it hardens. Like a hard foam kind of thing? Yeah, kind of. It, like, expands up his legs. Gotcha. Okay, so it cements him to the ground sort of? Yeah. She salutes off her forehead and says, stick around. There keeps running. You can have a Benny for being cheeky. Yay. And I would like to run, please. Just move. Okay. Then yeah, that's your basic athletics, but you do get plus two for your foot chase. You go. (gasps) That's a 10. Okay. So you move two. And then that's the end of the turn. The current status quo of positioning is veal on card number one. Cards two and three are blank. Athena is on card number four. Card number five is blank. Person you're pursuing is on card number six. Okay, and we're drawing. Let's do it. Athena, eight of clubs. Veal, two of clubs. Ha! Other person, three of spades. I am going to spend one of Veal's bennies to redraw. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm very sure. I have a lot of cards. I have (laughs) a lot of bennies. uh, Three of diamonds. That's better, but I'm going to spend another because I'd like him to be able to do something. Ten of spades. That's better. Damn it. That's better. All right. (laughs) Okay. After she said something cool, like stick around. Yeah, we've incensed him to fight back. Well done. So he is entangled, which means he needs to break free before he can do anything. So he can either make athletics or strength at a minus two. I'm going to have him roll athletics because I think that's more appropriate. He got a four. That means he does successfully yeah. break out of it. and It was cool while it lasted. That takes an action, though, and he did not multi-action, so then he's going to try to move, which is another athletics, which he failed. Yeah, I'm going to spend a minute. Oh, you got a four. Okay. You just hear this snarl of rage as opposed to any kind of response, just a... And if you glance over your shoulder, you see Veal just kind of twisting away from the grenade as it starts to latch onto him, you know, kicking through it. He bats down the sword at it. You see the sword slice through the foam and he wrenches his foot free, but the edge of the sword gets stuck in the foam and he just wrenches it like a lever, snaps the tip off, pulls it up, and then continues running after you. And he lurches forward with his shoulder down, the sword trailing after him. He snapped part of his sword off? Yes. What? Hmm. Okay. That's his turn. Athena, it is your turn. You have an eight of clubs, which means you have a complication. Lay it on me. 
So your card is a 10 of clubs. That's probably not good. Not good. I think it's really good because it makes complication, which is always fun. You have to roll your athletics at a minus two and you treat it as a critical failure on the maneuvering. But you do get a plus two because of your fleet foot. Cool. So So it's it's a wash. So you just have to succeed on this athletics or it's a critical fail. Okay. Oh, yes. That cry of ecstasy can only be dice exploding. It's an eight. What is the complication and how do you overcome it? Hmm. So as I previously mentioned, I was making some behind the scenes rolls. Yeah. Uh, comparing Pavi's success to another party's successes. Pavi got a one and then also crit failed uh-huh. her last roll and they've accumulated four successes. So, well. so they've, they've clearly won out here. And the way that that is going to manifest, you hear the wubbing of Cory cycles as two of them come over the rooftops and they're sort of flying in parallel, but weaving in and out and around each other. Like they're dogfighting? Basically, yeah. Oh, shit. So you you see Pavi is obviously one of them. The other cycle, there are two forms. One of them has like a white cloak that is billowing behind them. The cycle is sleek and silver, and the engine's like a light green. Maybe there's a momentary distraction, but I think as they're flying up closer, one of them pulls a small quarry submachine gun and just starts firing down on the street near you. Oh my god. So that's going to be your complication is you had to dodge gunfire. How do you dodge this with your fancy footwork? There's a small retainer wall for one of these pools that's just tall enough for her to like hunch in front of while still like crawling ahead as fast as she can manage until she hopefully hears them, you know, pop in that heat sink. Because Corey, they don't need bullets. It's true. They just got to prevent the frame from overheating, right? Uh, We haven't really gotten into it. So in Savage Worlds, the way energy weapons work is they have like a certain number of shots they can do before being reloaded, which is like a heat sink. Like you were saying, you can also choose to like overcharge them while you're shooting to deal more damage, but also possibly cause it to overheat and like basically jam and not be able to use it for an action or a turn or something. We've never really talked about the specifics of what it looks like in our setting, but I mean, quarry crystals are a depletable energy source. Some quarry does have sort of like a self-sustaining aspect to it, like Boreas's pack mm-hmm. absorbs moisture from the air and sort of like refunnels itself. Is that how that works? Yeah, and we haven't really got into it. Doesn't matter. It's synthesis. It's neat. But I like the idea of of heat sinks and basically quarry crystal batteries being the cartridges, which are effectively just the recharged husks that are shaped by siphons in the mines that are specifically made for use as firearm ammunition or somebody <laughs> with the like, know-how to do I it. used to work in the bullet department. <laughs> right. So there is a certain amount of that that is made through the knowledge of the Nixians and is sanctioned by the city itself. But not all but, of it. <laughs> yeah, not all of it. And people can be siphons and not work in the mines and... People can like make basically counterfeit ammunition. Yeah. With the right know how. So <laughs> Val would never <laughs> cut to Val with a bandana, just like shaving a crystal down, loading Smoking an AK-47. A <laughs> Clint has a tattoo. I'm gonna take my city back. The gunfire from above, a dark cobalt blue, mm. just like splashes down on the ground, burns some small divots into the pavestones. Okay, so it is still your turn. It's still my turn. So that was that was you overcoming your complication. What would your your two s- movement spaces behind the person you're pursuing right now? Yeah, she wants to try and catch up to them. So maybe this psionic barrage can stop. 
because it's not affecting her, but it's obviously affecting a lot of people. And that's not good. So she's going to run. Okay. So your whole action is movement? Yes. Okay. Then you get a plus four because you get your plus two and you get your plus two from Fleetfooted. And if Veal somehow catches up, I got first strike. We'll that's, see. That's true. You do. I didn't realize how fun that would be for a chase, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty I, neat. You were using it very strategically. You were thinking Thank about you. positioning. I saw one. That's a nine. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> you move two spaces. You are now on the same card as the person you're pursuing. I would like for you to make me a smarts roll. Uh, you do get your plus four. Eight. I got a six. So as you get closer, it's like you're swimming through hot air. You get closer, but the closer you catch up to this person, the more you feel that pressure encroaching on your circlet. But it holds up, and you're able to maintain stamina and focus and catch up to them. Athena catches up to them, coming out of a dead sprint. So she's like got that raspy throat, dry, heaving breath, and she slaps this guy on the shoulder and says, Yo, guys, you're anymore. I know where Hector is. And it's his turn. Okay, I rolled his smarts die for him. Got an eight, blowing up into a five, so 13 total. Um, let me make one more. Okay. I think with that roll, can you make me a persuade as well, actually? Uh, yeah. Just a regular persuade. D6 persuade. because you already uh, It's a fail, but what if what if I bennied it, you know? You could. What if I bennied it, you know? You bennied it with that, that benny that I gave you. It's a good benny. It was an award. You earned it. Yeah! Yes! Yeah! <laughs> that's, a, that's an 11. Okay. With that and his 13 smarts, you're able to like finally get through to him. What specifically is it? Maybe just the name Hector. Like you said Hector's name and you're not mm -hmm. doubled over like everybody else. And so now that you're closer, this, this dude is taller than you. Like he's bigger. He's definitely more thickly built. Blonde hair, a shaggy beard that goes down at least an inch or two past his chin. Very bright and terrified pale blue eyes. And he looks over to you as you slap him and smack him on the shoulder and catch up to him. And he just has this abject terror in his eyes as he's running. And he, you know, hears the gunfire from the cycles that are spiraling above now as they're weaving together. And he just takes a moment to look around. And he looks at you and he says, you know where Hector is? Can I respond? Uh, no, let's cut to the next turn. Athena, you get a Joker. <gasps> I get a Benny back. You get a Benny back. I take Tuka. I love her. Veal gets a Joker. No! Yeah. Piss! You got the black Joker and he got the red Joker. Are you shitting me? I am not. It says oh my BK God. right there. I'm going to assume that Burger means King. Burger King. <laughs> and he gets a third Joker. He gets a two of diamonds. Really kind of... Pretty opposite there. Yeah. Not the worst two you can That's get. That's wild. I will take a Benny back, please. He gets to go first. He gets a plus two to everything. He's going to multi-action. So first he's going to try to move. And he's going to use an action to move. So that would normally... That would give him a plus two. And he's at a minus two for multi-action. But he has a joker. So he's yeah. still at a plus two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blew up an eight into a nine so he gets a raise so he moves two. One, two. Oh, I think he's gonna try to get this guy oh, okay he's got d6 for his shooting he crit failed oh yes oh, 
Fuck, I have had three crit fails before you've had a single one. Fuck. He swings the blade. The energy is that same light blue. And you see the wave of him swinging it out, lancing forward on a tether. And it goes up kind of like a scorpion sting and is about to like spear through this guy's chest. Oh my God. Maybe it's just a little short. Like he swings his sword and it comes out like this curved dagger downward tail stab thing. And it slams into the pavement three feet from you guys and just jabs there and bores a hole into the pavement. We just get a camera angle shot from you guys and then where it slams down. And then we just follow the tether back to its source where Veal is looking down. And then he just looks up and his purple eyes glinting and he's just in that position. And that's where he ends. And that's his turn. Ooh, my turn now. Yeah, couldn't Benny the crit fail on his Joker turn. Hmm, how far away is he now? Effectively 10 feet. He's two movement spaces away from you guys. Can my whip affect things within that range? It is reach two. What? So this is from the Savage Pathfinder version that I have. It's strength plus four, parry minus one, reach two. With a raise on the attack roll, the victim is entangled instead of rolling bonus damage but you don't get, like, bonus damage. Yeah, that's okay. I would like to attack Veal. Okay. I would like to wild attack Veal. Okay. So that's what I'm going to do. The attack on Veal. The wild attack. <laughs> the, wild the wild attack, attack on Veal. <laughs> that, attack. <laughs> that attack. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Hit. His parry is a nine currently. So with a wild attack and a joker, that's a ten. Okay, so that is a success, no raise, so it's not going to entangle him, but you will get to roll damage. Okay. This is strength plus d4. Plus your two from wild attack, plus your two from a joker. So you're at plus four. Fifteen. Fifteen. I rolled a one on my d8. Okay. And I blew up my four several times. So I will tell you his current toughness is seven, with two of that being armor. That's a success with two raises, which means it's actually two wounds right off the bat. Yes. I, I feel honor-bound to try to soak this. Oh, so Bitch still has a Benny. Bitch still has two Bennies. One, well, okay. He has one Benny. I have one Benny. Here's his. Oh, he blew up an eight. <sighs> Into a six. Fourteen, sorry. What does your attack look like? Athena jams the crystal on the bottom of her hilt into her thigh really quickly, and we see that it depresses into itself for just a moment, and we hear a whir as she begins to spin the blade over her head. And as she does, we can see it elongating into this more fluid arc, more wiggly and versatile, each circle gaining speed, gaining momentum and length until she brings it down forward slash almost like it's still a sword and sends the tip of her whip flying towards Veal's hand with an air-splitting crack. Veal recoils as, like, there's a wind-up to this attack. It doesn't happen right away, so... Yeah, it's very dramatic. During that, um, the light blue energy snakes back into his sword, and it goes back to, like, a light glow, right as you're lashing it out, and he's able to just barely in time get his sword up in front of him in a defensive posture. Your whip wraps around the sword, and then there's this clash of the light blue superimposed against the orange... And we see from his perspective, just like looking between the sword and the whip back to you, struggling and holding it there for a second. Nice. During her excessively long wind up to get her whip going, she speaks into her little shortwave comms and says, Pavi, how you doing? 
when your energy whip flashes onto his crystalline sword, there's that same warbling hum of energy that reverberates out. It's like ripples in water, but it's just sound. That's how all sound works, actually. It's that guy's turn. He literally takes a step behind you and puts hands on your shoulders and is, is like cowering. He's probably about the same size as you, maybe an inch or two taller, much broader than you are. He takes a defensive position behind you and he says, just take me to Hector. Where Where is he? Probably at the shard. Who is that? Stay behind me. Don't run. Wouldn't it be neat if Athena got another joker? Be something. We've had three jokers this combat already. Yeah, that's pretty bonkers. Athena. Oh my god! You got the black joker. Yes! For the second time. Pickle! Draw Benny. <laughs> you made that happen with your brain, your beautiful brain. Hmm. Veal. Jack of spades. Whew. Your buddy. Six of spades. All right. Athena is going to wild attack again with her whip. Okay. Oh, let me make a roll for here. Five... Pavi's voice comes on over the comms. Yeah, they took me by surprise. There's two of them. It's the wardens. Athena very helpfully says to Pavi, Bob and weave! This is a wild attack? That's a 10. That will slightly exceed the parry. So you can deal damage, but it's not a raise. <laughs> That's okay. Plus my wild attack. That could hardly have been worse. I'm going to Benny it. That was, a, that was a one on my D8 and a two on my D4. Yikes. Ooh, not much fucking better. I assume a seven wouldn't do it. His toughness is a seven. His toughness is a seven, mm -hmm. so that would shake him. So that would shake him. Poor if I bandaged again. You could. You can't crit fail damage. Yeah, that's true. This is better. Okay. 16. Uh, yeah, that's a lot better. Um, yeah, it's a lot better. That's a, that Benny well spent... <laughs> That's going to be enough to do two wounds again. I have one Benny left. I don't want him to be... I'm sorry. I'm going to have to spend my last Benny. It's fine. Oops, that doesn't count. Uh, he got a three and a four. So he soaks one wound, but still takes a wound. So he is now at one wound. Could it slash his face? Yeah. Well, describe what it looks like. Athena's winding up again. Her last one was more of a sword slash, but this one is just an overhead flick, kind of like his scorpion tail thing, but I think it catches him right in the faceplate. What does it change about his face? Like, what visible mark is Athena leaving on him? Oh my him? God. What if it, What if she gave him like one scar going the opposite way, you know? Yeah, I do. Th that's cool, right? That's, that's very cool. That's it's very... Uh, literally Final Fantasy VIII style. Oh my because, God. <laughs> so the... You flick it and it caresses down his face and you see it draw this molten line over his faceplate. He reels back and smacks a hand to his face and just says, Ugh! stumbles back a step or two. She huffs out a little bit of orange vapor and just shouts, stand down. And it is his turn next. He is shaken. He got a three, but he has an edge that gives him a plus two to his spirit rolls Wait. during combat. He is at one wound, so he's at two, but with the plus two, he still gets a four, so he does That's undate. okay. He has no bennies. Bennyless bastard. He's gonna make another attack at the guy. Oh, he's behind you now, so the guy's using you as cover. Yep. Um, but she has her shield up. Gives her a nice little two cover, says on my sheet. He's gonna try to hit the guy behind you. Uh-huh. And he cannot wild attack with this ability. He's in a minus one. 
You're giving him two points of cover. So he's at a minus three here to try to hit with this ranged attack. It does not go through. Oof. Your shield is what makes the difference. Because if at a minus one, he still would have gotten a four, which would have Oof. been enough for the ranged attack. He's clutching his face with the one hand and he pulls his hand away. And you just see that searing molten metal glowing yellow and then red and then it cools. But you see like the divot carved into his faceplate and he snaps his sword out to the side again. This time he swings it upwards in like an uppercut arc. And it's just this crescent shape of blue energy that wobbles out and wobbles through the air towards you. He's clearly trying to aim over you at the guy because he's slightly taller. So he's trying to like aim the blow in such a way that even if it catches you, it's going to catch the other guy too. Hmm. So how do you block it? I think she just sees the trajectory of how it's lancing over and she's been using a whip more. So it's like, I think she understands it's going to lance over her to hit the guy behind her. So she whips her shield up and over to deflect it like a parry. Rings it like a gong. Probably doesn't feel great to this guy's ears. Mm. So that's the end of his turn. He holds his position there. He doesn't move forward or away. And then it's this guy's turn. Still chooses to cower behind you. He's now actively watching the dogfight happening above you guys. The warden cycle is like spiraling lower on the opposite side of you guys. So you're imposing yourself between him and Veal. The wardens are starting to lower themselves like 10 feet, 15 feet on the opposite side, close to that guy's back. Okay. And he's just watching everything happen. He's just going to go full defense and just cower behind you. Hunker. Yep, he's hunkering. And I got to shuffle again. Damn. But what if, you know? Oh my God. (laughs) All right, Athena, five of spades. I'll take it. Veal, six of spades. Damn it. Your friend, 10 of clubs. Okay. I'm not going to say the club does anything because you guys aren't really moving at the moment. So I'm not going to do anything there. He's going to continue defending. And then Veal gets to go. He's going to try one more time. One more time. To try to lash out at you. Same thing. He fails again. So we see him. Maybe it's even just a continuation of the same arc. Like he brings it up and then he swings it horizontally and throws another disc of light your way. Mm. However you want to deflect that's fine. He then she pulls out her parrying pistol, shoots like in Bloodborne. <laughs> maybe her movement is just a continuation of her last movement too. She just circles around with her footing like she's doing a pirouette, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we just we just see these two locked in this dance of whirling energy. Their blows lashing against one another, clashing in the air with each connection. There's a concussion of energy and that warbling sound of engaged Cory ripples outward. We get a shot of the two Cory cycles spinning around, floating above the darkness of the city illuminated. Pavi is also starting to come down a little bit of a distance away from the wardens, a little bit of smoke coming out of the cycle. You can see a few singe marks uh, on the side oh, of it. Oh, jeez, okay. But Veal looks at you guys, sees you hunkered down there, sees Pavi coming down, sees the wardens descending. You can see him looking around the environment. And then he just locks eyes with you for a moment, turns and does a perpendicular sprint into the nearest alleyway. A flicker of his cloak and he disappears. On to problem number two. And it's your turn. How hard would it be to damage the green cycles engines. You can try to attack the vehicle. That's certainly a possibility. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah, that sounds fun. The vehicle's toughness is nine. You still need to hit it with an attack first. 
but then okay. the toughness is nine. And I think anything that reaches, the, like it can't be shaken. So I think anything that meets the toughness just deals a wound. Okay. That's how I'm going to choose to do it right now. Can I wild attack? Yeah. They're within range for cinematic purposes. Oh, I crit failed. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, there's no like specific penalty for crit failing on that. Like, what do you think happens? How does this, how does this factor out? I think what happens is she's angling to like try and hit the internal engines. And I think she hits it really well, but it yanks the whip out of her fucking hands. Oh God. And sends it spiraling. Oh no. It leaves her hand and she's just like. <laughs> well, take a Benny for punishing yourself that way. I think that's interesting. Thank you. The warden Cory cycle descends, displacing some of the dust from the ground and lands about 10 feet away. And in this time, the guy that you're defending circles back around behind you again, seeing that Veal has disappeared. And Hope now he doesn't you're, come back. <laughs> and now you're imposed between him and the wardens. Pavi has landed off probably a similar distance, but off to your right. And it looks like she's reaching for a firearm right now. There's two of them on the cycle. They're both shrouded, you know, wearing these white cloaks with the hoods pulled up. They have some sort of mask covering their face pulled up over their noses. Okay. They look towards you and one of them raises a jovial hand in greeting looking to the guy behind you and says, you don't have to be afraid anymore. The wardens are here. We're here to help you. Don't go with them. Come with us. We can save you. Buddy, who already saved you. I know Hector. Don't go with them. Make me a persuasion at plus four. 17. Okay, they got a five. So you <laughs> blew them out of the water. The guy is now like clutching your shoulders and you feel him shaking his head and he just goes, mm -mm, mm, mm -mm. the guy holding his arm out, entreating the person you're protecting, sees that this is not going to happen and lowers their hand and just says, okay, I, I understand. Um, Just if it gets scary, find one of us. We can help you. Just don't let them, don't let them lie to you. Oh my God. And uh, they turn to you from beneath their hood. There is a gleam of like a light green. And then the person behind them looks up and there's, you know, a shade of red underneath the hood. Mm -hmm. And the one behind says, hey, come on, let's get out of here. We can't do anything else. A moment of tension as you all look at one another and Pavi now has her gun out and aimed. You know, her helmet is down, the visor snapped. And they say, yeah, all right. And they rev the engine and pull up and start to fly away. Hey, Pickle. Yeah. That's a lot of rolling you're doing over there. Yeah, that was Poppy. <laughs> Poppy not having the self-control to not shoot at their bike. She got a hit with a raise. Oh my god, Poppy! And she rolled an eight, which the toughness is nine, so she does not quite do anything. Poppy so. has a buddy Benny. Would you like to spend the the buddy Benny? Buddy Benny, please. Would you like to roll three d six for Poppy instead of me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a two, a two, and a five. That is a nine, That's which is nine. just enough to meet its threshold. Okay, vehicles cannot be shaken, but if damage equals or exceeds their toughness, whether they take a wound or not, the driver makes an out of control. Each raise causes a It doesn't take a wound, but they have to roll on the out of control table. <laughs> Would you like to roll 2d6? Yeah. Fish pond, fish pond. Seven. Seven, they're distracted. Okay. The shot splashes against the vehicle itself and sends them shuddering through the air. And you see the person riding back with the red shade of eyes just looks back and down at you and raises their hand in a, an indistinct gesture as their white cape is fluttering in the wind behind them. And then they just disappear over the top of some buildings and the noise gradually 
fades. She watches them until she's sure they're uh, over the horizon line or thereabouts as close as it can get in the city Mm -hmm. and turns around, outstretches her hand and says, Hi, how you doing? My name's Athena. I'm a private investigator. I'm I'm here to help, I promise. This burly bearded man who looks very shell-shocked takes your hand with his large trembling one and shakes it and he says, um, uh, g- g- Gil, my, my, my name's Gil. Well, hi, Gil. Hey, did you, do you, you want, do you need a snack? You want to go get some water? Let's have you sit down. We can go find Hector, maybe. How do you know Hector? She says, putting like a calming hand, doing circles on his back. She looks at Pavi and jerks her head towards where her whip landed. She doesn't feel like she should leave this guy or he might bolt again. Pavi takes the direction and goes to fetch right him. And she says, it's my friend Pavi. We're here to help. Do you um, want to turn off the, 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 the... He's nodding as you say this, and he's starting to take, like, overly deep breaths, just like... <gasps> <sighs> Not too deep. One in, in, one, two, three, hold. You can see uh, this guy is clearly Vel. He's got the slitted Vel eyes, and mm-hmm. he, he now places his hands on top of his head and is sort of taking steps in small circles... Like he's, you know, completely winded from running and just trying to calm down. But he's nodding, as you're saying, and, you know, allowing you to lead him through this exercise. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. I have panic attacks, too, let me tell you. You get up close and you look at him. His eyes are blazing like a light teal, very clearly looking Prisme-esque to you. And as he starts to do the the breathing, it, it fades back to his normal more of a, an emerald green color. Mm. Just regular Vel eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think um, let's, roll his, let's roll his spirit. With your help, you can feel the ebb of the mental pressure and it starts to fade away. And he's glistening with sweat. He's wearing a hoodie that is just completely drenched. You know, the pits, the shirt, everything. It's just, he's looking pretty rough. And he nods. How do you know, Hector? How do you know it's the same Hector? Uh, I only know one Hector. I only know one Hector. Reed? Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy, right? Yeah. Hector's my boyfriend. Oh my God, really? We we met, um, you know, in the tunnels, the tunnels thing a couple months back. Uh, But we've been, we've been training every week at the Shard. So, I mean, that he might be there. He's, let's go find him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So have you always been a psionic? She says, kind of leading him towards the shard, warily keeping an eye out for more fuckers, for definitely for Veal. Just yeah. any glints of purple in canal depths. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to breathe. Sure. Well, um, I'm Bell. It doesn't feel like that, though. Okay, what? I've always been kind of anxious, but mm. it's been worse. Recently, or it's been worse in general recently okay last week and today it just i don't know it's like i can't control it Mm. okay well we'll figure something out has it been like a a couple of months where you you weren't in the tunnels i don't recognize you from there i wasn't in the tunnels no but i don't know my anxiety's been a lot worse since that happened understand hector got taken and i was really worried and wait a minute you're the you're the one who helped everybody. You're you're Athena. I know who you are. Hector talks about you. 
Oh, really? I mean, he has talked about you. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I'm just here to help, man. I, he just like lurches forward and gives you a huge hug. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I was so afraid. How did... Who was that guy? Who was that man? Uh, his name's Veal. If you see him again, you need to get out of there quick, which you did a great job of earlier. I'm not sure if psionics, they don't seem to affect him too well. He might have a blocker like mm. I do. She paps her circlet, but she gives him a nice tight hug, trying to ground him, calm him down. Yeah. Okay. Is he going to come after me again? Uh, I think he's cleared off for now. So we're going to really see about keeping you safe. Okay. Maybe fill you in on a couple things. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Hey, Pop, you want to go get a snack? Oh, hell yeah. She waves from the quarry cycle and tosses your hilt back to you. She snatches it out of the air like a real cool kid. We continue to hear snippets of conversation as the three of them walk towards the shard. It's not too far away. You can see it from here. It's so big. Lit up a bright blue today, almost like Gil's eyes were. Pavi walking her slightly sparking cycle next to the two of them as Athena tries to keep conversation uh, easy and also a little leading. Safe topics until she can get them a little more steadied. And she is just so relieved that she managed to get there in time. Today's been a good day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to season four of Neon Heat. Season four, out the door, sort of. Episode one, yeah. at least. Episode one, Episode out the door. Episode one, out the door. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to record. It, it always a is. Fun. A lot of crit fails. A lot of crit fails and jokers. You crit failed before I did this season. Several times. Well, Okay, so twice this episode, and if we count the, I the flashback don't. that we recorded already, that who knows when that'll drop or what it's actually about. <laughs> I had a crit fail in there too. Spoilers. Did That's we both right. crit fail? I don't remember. Maybe don't it was know. just We you. might have a... So many crit fails. There was a crit fail. That'll be a surprise for later. So whoever guessed that the first crit fail of season uh, four would be in episode one, you may claim your prize of a big fat nothing because I didn't want it to happen. Uh, here we are. The numbers don't lie. What are you Statistical do? probability. Can you possibly guess who our music might be by today? I'm going to guess that it's probably Crockett yeah. and Wave Shaper. Yeah. And you. Maybe me. Maybe you. I don't know, I don't I know yet. We'll see what happens. You can find Crockett at Crockett80s on Twitter and Crockett.bandcamp.com. And you can find Wave Shaper at Wave Shaper, the number one, dot bandcamp.com and on Twitter at Wave Shaper underscore SWE. You can find us on Twitter. You probably already know this, but we're there at RPG for you and me. I'm also there at You See the Hat for however long that hell site's happening. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. Still searchable. Still searchable. I know that's a dumb old bit from years ago, <laughs> but I'm still going to do it. We're running a play-by-post game on the show Discord for folks at the $10 tier and up. Ooh. We started in February. It's been a blast. Yeah. A literal blast for some of the enemies. Ba-pow. Very cool. But that's join us. good. Some of those rowdy patrons playing in that game, I'd love to say thank you, too. I'd love to hear it. Thank you to Chase, Valentine, 
Ezra and Nakoda. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do you know who else we have to say thank you to? I have a few inklings, but I'd love to hear them. Thank you very much to Caleb Sunstead, Jackie, Zach, Ben Hatton, Paxton, Gerald, Alex, and Davriel. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thanks, you so everybody. much for, for being here, for supporting us. It means the world, and it makes it so much easier for us to bring this content to you. Thanks for being patient. Us getting Neon Heat Season 4 out. I know it's been a hot sec. I needed the brain break, unfortunately, and, you know, kind of had some identity issues to figure out that played into a lot of shit. So, but I'm back. You're back. I'm here. And I'm and I'm queer. <laughs> you're here, you're queer, and you're sitting over there. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, that's the one, right? That's the one. If you guys have not been listening to A Night of Shreds and Patches, we are guest stars on that for like a nice long arc. It's been a real treat. We're very excited. We play Ren Dare and Cypherabex. We're two members of the Advantia, also known as Techno Wizards. Super cool wizard stuff. Also, check out Ali's stuff over at Dark Matter. Oh, shoot. Yeah. You plug yourself. For those of you who may not know, I now helm the Dark Matter Magazine podcast, where episodes that have been fully sound designed for short stories published in Dark Matter Magazine are narrated by professional voice actors. And I get to make those episodes and it's great. Mm -hmm. So some of them are pretty spooky, grain of salt, but they're pretty neat. So well, you got the salt. You can make a circle. It keeps away the evil spirits, right? Oh. Maybe. My understanding. Not according to some of these stories. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, sorry. Savage Worlds was created by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and you can find them and their products online at peginc.com. Thanks, Savage Worlds. Uh, my pickle dearest, I think that's everything. Mm. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you. Lending us your ears.